And welcome to Ken Queer, home of Canada's queer medium. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And a, we are, uh, we were initially, I don't mm-hmm. know actually if I told you this. Oh, yes. Um, but uh, initially we were going to have an interview with Benjamin, the flirt coach. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've met uh, Benjamin via TikTok where his TikToks have been doing really well. Um, we are rescheduling that interview uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that it happens. I really, if you get a chance between now and our chat with Benjamin, the flirt coach, um, go and check him out. What I like about the content that he's created is that uh, he's like, oh, you know, you're you're dating with someone, you're flirting with someone, but they're not responding. And they're like, well, you know, you can't do much about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? What are you doing? Are you having fun here? Is this your, you know, is this building your own self-confidence? Is this mm-hmm. something that you want to be doing? And it's that, you know, moving that attention back to oneself mm-hmm. and what you have direct control over. Um, fantastic. I think it's it's a very, very refreshing take on um, gay dating in particular. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We, and especially flirting. I think that's exciting to to have that conversation. Um, yeah, so we will be rearranging that to happen at a later date, hopefully next week, touch wood. Um, now, just before we dive into it. Do you think uh, people have forgotten how to interact IRL? Like jokes about COVID lockdowns aside, I mean, you could also just say it was technology in general and even before the lockdowns, just, you know, the fact that everyone's interacting through each other through a face. Uh, uh, not a face through an interface through a screen um i don't know i i think some of that might be overblown i think people do actually talk with other human beings in their own setting and they're not always constantly on tiktok but i don't know you, you see people commenting on that all the time that like dating is dead because nobody knows how to talk to someone who's in the same room well i don't think it's just that you know let's let's consider that you know there are uh 18 19 and 20 and 21 year olds mm-hmm. where their formative out of school new adult lives was lockdown yep <laughs> you know what i mean like there is i can't even begin to imagine the reality for young young folks between 18 and uh 21 to 22 mm-hmm. who would not have been um in establishments before the pandemic you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the pandemic shut down a lot of gay bars for example Mm -hmm. for like two or three years you know so there are there's whole generations of folks who who went through that pivotal pivotal there's a generation of folks Mm -hmm. went through that pivotal moment without having without that option being frankly closed you know um yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. But what Benjamin focuses on is more about flirting, you know, and I think that we set ourselves up for fail a lot. Oh, I'm not good looking enough. Or mm-hmm. I met, we went on a good date, but then they ghosted me. Or I got stood up. Or I, you know, I keep flirting with someone, but they're never t- taking that next step of meeting IRL. Mm-hmm. So it's about how do you 
reframe that conversation you know if it's not going anywhere do you want it to do you do mm-hmm. you want to you know why what are you trying to achieve here can you achieve this but with somebody else or in a different way or you know looking at the things that you can control and re you know re-diverting that energy um i am not benjamin the flirt coach <laughs> so we're mm-hmm. gonna have to uh invite him in to have a real conversation about it but i think it was a very refreshing take on um, particularly flirting. I think mm-hmm. it's a tough, it's a tough call uh to do. The other TikTok, r- random aside here, the other TikTok I'm enjoying is uh it's a British guy who just gives out compliments and he's in a, a soft uh, uh smoking jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, like most people will might think it's like a a, a mid-length um not cardigan, not cloak, um wings. Like, Oh, it's the thing you wear at bedtime. What is it? Um, a house coat. Yes, it looks a bit like a like a, a house coat. But it's a smoking jacket, uh, and he just it's velour. It is very velour. Yes, um, but no, he goes to uh, various events. And he's there with the greeting society. Uh, he went mm-hmm. outside a Waitrose. Uh, that was hilarious. They told him to leave, which I thought was very mean. Um, but yeah, he's another great one. But it's about creating that that positivity i think is why they've become so viral Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it's it's excellent stuff we have a lot of gay news ahead of us but before we dive into it just before we jumped in you were complaining about beeps i was complaining about beeps i mean this is not very lgbt but yeah uh no, it was uh, uh, my phone was going off the hook over the weekend. Um, there was sort of a, a surprise birthday party for one of my aunts, and she lives in a part of the country that you can't get to without a car. I do not have a car. Um, actually, the, there are buses that go there, but it would take me a seven-hour bus ride to get there. And then even then, once I get there, I would still need somebody to pick me up. And it's mm. an hour and a half away from where my family lives. Like, they are deep country. Anyway, so there's the normal family facebook channel that everyone's in which everyone was still commenting on as a ruse for the fact that there was a secret one that everyone was coordinating the surprise birthday party on and then people who were there were also texting me separately it was just my phone was going off the hook and and the beeping was incredibly stressful for me and then that got me talking about how i hate microwaves because they're far too aggressive i don't know why you'd why microwaves can't be you can't change the beep on them to be less uh uh eardrum destroying they're it's, they're, so... it's, they're very demanding mm. now some things make sense like one of my my carbon monoxide alarm uh the battery was low so it it loudly beeped at me for oh, yes. about three hours until we figured out what it was that was beeping mm-hmm. um and that makes sense i appreciate being beeped at by my mono- carbon monoxide alarm you don't want yes. that to you know fail yes um you know but my my I robot vacuum cleaner needs to quiet and the heck down because mm-hmm. like you know what I mean there's a lot of intrusive sounds did you know that smart car not smart cars because that's a brand uh electric cars now are installing sounds I mean that you need some kind of sound so it doesn't accidentally run you over but okay. they are like going overboard they're they're <laughs> essentially installing speakers to make an engine sound where there is no engine. Because people want to have noise. I don't know. Everything's too damn noisy. Maybe I, do, I have heard that there was a, a Nissan that did that. They put a speaker in their car because the car was so efficient. It was practically silent. So they actually had to put like speakers inside the the the, the front, in, inside the, the hood. 
so that when you rev the vehicle, it makes revving noises because otherwise people feel like it's it's unsatisfactory. No, if I got a car that had that and it was literally just somebody going vroom, 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 that would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I can get behind that. Yeah, for like a day or two. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I was just looking at my notes and I just had microwave written down, so that's why I dived. It into has it. clown car vibes, you know. It I think does. I think you could get behind that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's dive into our first couple of gay stories. We mm-hmm. um, are LGBTQ news, and I'm going to start off with probably Grinder. Okay. Now, as you may know, uh, yes. right now Grinder is in the news. Uh, for like four or five different reasons. Can I guess? Can I guess? Go ahead. Is one of them a security breach? You know what? On this occasion, the answer is no. <laughs> no security <laughs> breach. Okay. It's been, uh, it's been what? Six months? It's probably been five days. It, it probably just hasn't gotten in the news yet. That That is lousy with uh, security issues. Well, it it has a. I'm not going to say that it is lousy with security issues because, in case they sue us. <laughs> but what I will say is that we have reported on a great many security issues uh, at Grinder, including yes. the ability to triangulate your almost exact location, mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, so anyway, for this the first quarter of this year, it has apparently recorded huge growth in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it's operating more quickly. Like the app is more quick and more efficient. Okay, um, good job. They told their shareholders uh, recently they've created a new subscription plan called Weeklies, uh, and the introduction of their private albums are considered to be a great success. Um, but yeah, so a lot of messaging in between uh, people. It's interesting because there was an interest. There was a recent interview with the CEO of Instagram, who was talking about how the greatest volume of traction that happens between the apps is not on its feed. It's actual images and stories shared between people, not posted onto their their reels or their their logs. It's a lot of uh, DM messaging is really a huge volume. Mm-hmm. And I think Grindr is much the same way. Now they've introduced these private uh, albums. So much of that interaction is happening inside of Grindr, uh, inside the messaging infrastructure of it. Uh, the other story that came up is that uh, it turns out Grindr is not just for hookups. According to uh, Insider, <laughs> mm-hmm. They found that twenty uh, Grinder said that about twenty five percent of their users say that one of their key activities is to network mm-hmm. and to See, you know identify jobs and build connections. We came across a similar article to this. Uh, oh man, it would have been like two or three years ago. This is an older story. Uh, well, I mean the the story that I'm bringing up, not the one that you're mentioning right now, where they they actually surveyed people around the world on. Uh, what they use Grinder for when they actually found was that there are regional clusters of similar uh, motivations. So uh, nobody really uses it for networking in places like New York City and San Francisco or Miami. Um, but then if you're in the countryside, that's what people do use it for. People mostly use it for uh, meeting people, meeting coworkers, making friends, that kind of thing. When you, The further you are from the city, when you are in the city, it's it's kind of all the, the normal hookup stuff. 
Uh, I don't know if they've done a follow-up on this, but this was a, a few years ago. They they did find this and they looked at, uh, I think they focused on the United States and kind of just extrapolated that to the rest of the world that you get these clusters, you get whole cities where it just becomes the done thing that when you're on this app, um, you behave in a manner that makes you more likely to get this outcome, whether it's dating, hookups, more long-term sex, networking, friendship, group activities, uh, group activities between quotation marks, mm -hmm. uh, depends on where you are in the world, that there's sort of different expectations about what to get out of it. And I don't know, it, it's kind of interesting. There's just these little clusters. It's sort of like, you know, if you like the the local Tim Hortons, what, what is that for? Is it just you, you get there, you get your coffee and you leave? Or is it the local substitute for a bar? where people don't want to go and drink and have to risk getting punched by some drunk idiot. So they go to the Timmy's at night. Like well, you're a, you're, you're a non-alcoholic or recovering alcoholic. I I mean the, the, the Tim Hortons in Trois-Rivières, uh, I going back to the fact that my, my family is in Quebec passing through Trois-Rivières on the way to my, to my family. Um, I remember I went in there once and everybody was looking at us like, we don't know who you are. And it wasn't sort of like a get out of here stranger. It was more like, literally everybody in there knew each other and they're just like oh strangers it was it was a weird thing like that it was this little community setup and and surely um different apps especially something as big as grinder you're gonna get the same thing so i mean uh, there's all these stereotypes and assumptions about what grinder's all about i mean here in in ottawa and where you are uh sometimes in toronto it's kind of more or less exactly what people assume it is but other well, communities. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that it is, you know, a lot of people understand Grinder as being the go-to app for adults of a, you know, adults. It's it's to... the foyer of the community. It is. It is the foyer of the gay bar. You yeah. know, like adults go there. It is the foyer. You can hear each other talk. Yeah. Um. And there's lots of sup 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 happening in the conversation <laughs> yeah and there's many hallways you can choose from once you once you get into the 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 foyer you can you can go down all the hallways should you choose to but yeah it this is metaphor uh... is becoming a maze um mm. but no i mean i i myself have used the app i'm in a very very happy dedicated relationship but mm -hmm. i myself have used the app to just connect to people because you know mm -hmm. i think that's there's there's a huge amount of isolation we've talked about the loneliness crisis oh, yes. in the lgbt community mm -hmm. um and really just in general you know, much larger so creating this connection mm -hmm. um uh, don't forget that Grinder is currently uh, um, allegedly attempting to thwart a unionization effort <laughs> by their employees, um, and they have given them all about a month's notice to move to various major mm -hmm. cities where they've uh, opened up their new offices. So we'll keep an eye on that, but I just thought those were a couple of interesting uh, grinder stories which you don't often hear too much mm. about all right we're gonna be jumping to our first track this is by the vancouver-based uh grim i uh, was sort of a, mo a moniker from uh sam hill formerly from elf pity uh yeah it's a genre mixing kind of uh band uh it's billed as uh alternative indie rock but we'll see how it goes this is your head is a house that you live your whole life and this is by Grim, and we will be back just now. 
Medium. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. Now, over the past two years, the topic of book bans uh, have been toing and froing, toing and froing. It, it's mm-hmm. sort of been uh, all over the place. Um, we often don't sort of, it doesn't sort of bubble up to a single story where it uh, moves the conversation a little bit. Um, but there have been a few that kind of jumped out at me most recently. Um, there have been public libraries that have been shut down entirely because mm-hmm. uh, people disliked some of the books that existed in the library. The uh, in the United, all of these are related to the United States, by the way. Although book bans do exist uh, in Canada, but to thankfully a much lesser degree. Mm-hmm. Um, the Camby County, Campbell County Public Library. Um, recently decided in in uh, Gillette, Wyoming, mm-hmm. um, decided to uh, fire a librarian that, that's been there since 1996 because she refused to remove books that they deemed uh, to be inappropriate. 
Um, in a school ban, a school board, also I want to say in Wyoming, Des Moines. Where is Des Moines? Des Moines? Des Moines is in Des Iowa. Moines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Wyoming. Um, no, anyway. Iowa. I just Iowa. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, clearly, I'm not American. Uh, well, anyway, in in the Iowa, oh, there we go. The Iowa School District. Um, I can't remember the exact name of the district. Oh, here we go. The Mason City Community School District. Uh, it's a rural school district. They got sent a huge list of books that could potentially be banned. Mm-hmm. Iowa also introduced legislation uh, effectively removing um, anything that might be considered sexual content descriptions or visual depictions of a sex act. And now against the law uh, in Iowa. Now, realistically the i uh, the the district felt that they could not read all of these books uh to use it so they used chat gpt <laughs> okay and uh-huh. they entered all of this information into chat gpt and said do these books contain and i quote here depiction descriptions or visual depictions of a sex act Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result of that, they have removed, I want to say about 19 of those, um, 19 of those books. There was a uh, an, an organization, I want to make sure I find the name of it here, um, uh, a, what's a, a pop sci, which is a, a pop cultural um, publication. Okay. They took the exact same books, mm-hmm. the exact same books. And also put them into ChatGPT mm-hmm. and said, do any of these contain uh, explicit uh, sexual scenes? To which it said that only four of them contained it. Um, and a couple more had mature themes. So where the school board run at ChatGPT mm-hmm. from 19, the second time round, ChatGPT is asked the exact same question. It found four. And I think it's the exact same prompts and follow up question. Why didn't they just email the publishers? Well, they're not trusting the publishers. That's the issue here. Oh, much so that um, Penguin Books is a part of a major lawsuit against uh, Escambia County School District. Mm -hmm. Now, just I want to give folks a sense of the scale that we're talking about here. Uh, In the past year, according to PEN America, which is uh, a literacy advocacy group, Mm -hmm. said that there have been 817 unique book bans uh, most recently. Uh, In the last six months, there's been almost 1,500 book Mm -hmm. bans, sorry, 800 books that have been banned Mm -hmm. uh, out of 1,500 occurrences of a book ban. Okay. Uh, very difficult to make sure we get uh, the wording there exactly right. Um, But to give you an idea of what that translates to, it's about 100 books every month are taken off the shelves for students uh, in school boards um, up and down the United States. Because I mean, I have mixed feelings on this. Like, if it's primary schools, the way that you've described it, you know, if it has overly sexual content, yeah, I got no problem at all. If it's middle schools, eh, it would depend on the book. It would depend on how explicit it is. 12-year-olds are, 12-year-olds are 12-year-olds, but they're not dum-dums. And I don't think it's going to ruin them to to read something that's like, and then they, they, then they had sex, end of chapter, no, no details given. Um, If it's high school students, then 
chill out, I guess. Like I got, I would, I would be like this, this is an issue, you know, to, to start banning books unless it is of an extreme nature. So like, I, I don't want, you know, the, the personal diary of the Marquis de Sade necessarily <laughs> showing up there. Nobody um, should have the put the diary of Marquis de la Sade uh, in um, in in anywhere near of school. <laughs> but I mean, there's also a public library. So if you really want to read that, you could easily uh, get something in from the public library to well, as a bit of a workaround. So I mean, it's I don't know the the whole thing is is peculiar. I think saying all making all these bans, um, at least the way that you phrase them, the way that that they're being reported as well. Sometimes you really have to dig to see are there uh exemptions uh to this like the high school issue students... is that it is it is coming out as blanket bans mm. and it's putting librarians it's putting um school boards in a position where it's almost better to have no books mm. than any book that might well counter it in fact in a couple of places uh, some rather peeved off parents have tried to get the Bible banned and hear me out here because depictions of sexual imagery and so on exists in the Bible. There's a ton of that, yeah. <laughs> like, look, if we're yeah. taking your law verbatim, mm -hmm. then apply it to everything, not just mm -hmm. the cherry-picked options. So out of the 874 books, according to PEN America, about 44% of them have instances of violence or physical abuse. That makes sense. I think that's mm -hmm. that's not unreasonable. 38% mm -hmm. um, of them are health and well-being. So mental health, bullying, substance abuse, sexual well-being, puberty, you okay. know, things that actually do happen to teenagers. Yeah. So about 38% of the books... Uh, are being removed on that front. 30% is grief and death. 30% uh, is uh, any books related to race and racism. And 26% of all books are LGBTQ themed. So Lord of the Rings would fall 60. into that. <laughs> Sorry? There, Lord of the Rings would fall into that because there, there's death and mourning in it. So, Well, most notably, The Handsmaid Tale was banned in a whole bunch of places. And I know where the cage bird sings or why the cage bird no. sings also banned in a whole bunch of places. The Handmaid's now, Tale has some weird sex scenes in it by design. They're supposed to be weird, but like it's. Uh... I'm pretty, yeah, I I pretty sure that that was required reading in Canadian high schools for a for a long time. Uh, Cat's Eye. I think they normally went with Cat's Eye if you're, if you're talking about Margaret Atwood, because it's less. It's it's less, less weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you'd also mentioned a couple of books. So there are the number one most banned book um, is uh, let me have a look here. Gender queer a memoir. Yeah. Now you're probably familiar with this. This is often floated as the reason why we mm -hmm. are banning all of these books. Mm -hmm. Now it is a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. It is a memoir by Maria Kobabe. And uh, it was never initially intended for high schools. That wasn't why it was written. Okay. But it did receive an award. It won the Alex Award from the American Library Association. The Alex Award is for books written for adults okay. that have special appeal to young adults 12 through 18. So okay. this memoir, which is about coming of age, which is about... Um, sort of uh, becoming gender non-binary and so on. Um, 
was seen as having uh, that particular thing. It mm-hmm. has a few sexual imagery references, including one which is a homage to uh, the Brygos painter pottery from ancient Greece. Okay. Um, you know, and you know, I'm inclined, inclined to agree. Maybe this one is not one that should be in all schools. And maybe, you know, I feel like if 18, 16, 17, maybe um, this is not the worst thing they're ever going to see. Well, but- part of this book, Ben, they also swept up Mouse in, in the whole thing. Now, have you ever read Mouse? I think that's one of the ones I haven't read. It's a, a graphic novel trilogy uh, written from the perspective of the son of a Holocaust survivor who was like writing his father's story. Yeah. And to sort of make it a little bit more understandable, he depicted all the Jews as mice and all the uh, Germans as cats. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people say the Nazis as cats, but it was actually just Germans in general were, were, were cats and they were there were cruel ones and they were non cruel ones. But he did not shy away whatsoever from some of the gruesome details of the the reality of the the death camps. And they are very graphic. And I I think if you're under a certain age, I don't know what that age would be. It would depend on the maturity of the individuals. People mature at different rates. Um, But I could see them being like, keep this away from middle schools. It is disturbing. Like some of the images in there, I still remember to this day because they are very graphic. Um, But on the other hand, the whole point of the book is that you can't fear to repeat history if you don't know what that history truly is. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I wouldn't want that band from a high school, even though it is incredibly grim and graphic. And I don't think I don't think it should be required reading. I think it's very upsetting. But I think if you're a, a 17 year old and you want to read it, it should be accessible to you. Like some of these things, I think it's just an issue of what age group are we talking about? And definitely, obviously, universities, it should be fine. The other one that comes to mind is His Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. Really? Yeah, that one has been adapted into a very, very successful HBO adaptation TV show um, and a not so successful movie adaptation that happened before that. Yeah. Uh, so the Golden Compass, the Southern Life, and the Amber Spyglass. Mm-hmm. Um, that was attempted to be banned by Catholic school boards, I believe, in Ontario. Okay. Because it's also not particularly. I think they say it, it promotes athe- atheist themes, uh, whereas maybe not taking a glowing look at uh, the role of Christianity. And the other one that it's the actually, second it's, most banned it's book, anti-orthodoxy. I loved that series. It's about orthodoxy. It's not anti-religion. It's just anti-stubborn interpretation according to the literal letter of the, the the scripture. Like that's the whole point of the thing. It's against orthodoxy, which. Not all of Catholic Catholicism is uh, orthodox. I don't know. It's a weird stance to take on that series. I got I got opinions about that book. The second most banned book at the moment is another gay one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one is Flamer, also a semi-autobiographical graphic novel. This one by okay. Mike Curato. Mm-hmm. Um, this one relates to a Boy Scouts summer camp. And it is coming of age, it mm-hmm. is sexuality, it is mm-hmm. sort of learning who you are, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Um, it discusses toxic masculinity, it discusses homophobia, mm-hmm. um, a certain amount of um, dealing with that sort of mental health piece of it as well. 
Uh, yeah, and that one was uh, banned under the claims that it was sexually explicit. In one example of this particular mm-hmm. book, it was banned by the Alpine School District uh, after Utah's uh, sensitive materials in schools book ban was rolled out mm-hmm. uh, because they alleged that this contained pornographic material. However, a book review committee, uh, sorry, this time in Texas, uh, found that it did not contain it. And it was only when parents took the matter to the police directly, mm-hmm. the police read the book <laughs> and also agreed, no, it didn't actually contravene the law. Mm-hmm. I think what's happening is there is so much um, hysteria and panic happening. Like, oh, my God, these are books are the, the worst. Think of the children mm-hmm. um, that it's leading to this uh, sort of ridiculous amount of paranoia. and. The best way to sum that up is Escamba County School District in Florida. Just past May, mm-hmm. Penn, Penguin Book, uh, Penguin, Penguin Random House, one of the two biggest publishers in the world, children, uh, students, their parents, and the authors have all joined together to sue the school district. Now, that particular school district ignored the advice of one of their uh, advising book bodies mm-hmm. and continued to ban a whole raft of books anyway, just right. based on a broad interpretation, not actual guidance based on what would be really age appropriate and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're being taken to court, but they're being taken to court federally. And I think this is going to be the one that sort of uh, might potentially change the deal, uh, change the 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 discussion on these book bans, mm-hmm. because they are alleging that uh, it infringes on the First Amendment right to kind of express themselves, and also the ability to to be able to read these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for the students themselves. So some of these. I mean, some of these are, are are very complicated, and there's no easy way to talk about it. Like, I I could introduce the topic, and then you'll probably just go, "Oh yes, that's difficult." There, we don't have the time to go over it. And one of the big ones, uh, uh whenever you're talking about coming of age stories, um, we all know we were all young ones. We all had peers who, when we were in grade nine or whatever, so they would have been like thirteen, fourteen, uh, had sexual experiences for the first time. It is not. It's neither common nor is it exceptional to start being sexually active that young. Uh, for somebody to do a coming of age story about their own experiences doing that, fine, okay. But then you're running up against the issue of now you're depicting very underage people sexually. Doing something that they 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 do actually do sometimes, but how do you depict that in a way that doesn't run run shot of of sort of publicly acceptable behavior in terms of how you depict this sort of thing? This is the kind of thing where like you show them holding hands and maybe kissing on the cheek and then you imply that they did something off screen. Um, but then how do you do that without running rough shot of, of public perception of ethics, even though, again, this is something that like I remember when I was in grade nine, I had peers who were doing it. So what's. I don't know. Is it realistic? Is it's is it unethical to depict? Is it unethical to ignore? How do we do this? Usually, what they do in the United States is they just get actors who are five years older 
that's why when you watch American high school shows, everyone's in their mid twenties. Mm-hmm. That's because then it's it's a twenty five year old depicting a fifteen year old, and then it kind of like gets around the edges of that. But uh, it's there's no easy way of doing it. But also how. It, Ignoring the fact that that really happens also causes problems because then ignoring the fact that that's real is what leads to things like teen pregnancy and and STIs and and, uh, the relationship between substance abuse and sexuality. Like there's a whole bunch of issues that you need to acknowledge, but then how do you do it in a way that that doesn't like this is not even a left versus right thing. You'd have people who are progressive who would still find that upsetting if you depicted young sexuality a little bit too much. So, I mean, yeah. What's the right way to do it? I don't know. There's no easy way to talk about it. Some of these books just being like, do you know what? We don't know the answer. So we're just going to play it safe and say, not until you're 16, buddy. Um, I don't blame them. But pulling but them all it's together. It's not that. It is not yeah. that well thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the lawsuit <laughs> in place here is alleging that uh, it, it breaches the First Amendment right for students, authors, and publishers based on ideological objections to their content or disagreement with their messages or themes. Mm. Depictions of child sexuality are covered in law. These books would never be published if they were in contravention of law. Mm. It is a moral argument against these law-abiding books that is what's having them all removed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you cannot like th- there's already things in place to protect children. Um, furthermore, the majority or, or a significant portion, the largest proportion of these are LGBT authors or non-white authors or, or subjects related to LGBT identities. It is a um it's hard not to invoke language from you know the 1930s here, but it is definitely a tirade against representations ideas the Mm. written idea of queer folks is what's being blanket banned in in counties and school districts up and down the united states Mm. individual books and we touched on a couple here where maybe the representations are not ideal Mm -hmm. i agree but it's a hundred books a month yeah yeah, yeah. wholesale removed the book bans are, are are running out of control. It's a fire that has spread too 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 thick and too fast. Um, we will keep an eye on it, um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye. We'll we'll see how this uh, how this evolves. But uh, yeah, it's a very difficult subject for sure, especially when it comes to the right to decide what you can and cannot read the right Mm -hmm. to decide which ideas you have access to. Um, You know what I mean? And I think that's, it's a really tricky space to be in. I like Chuck Tingle, but if they ban Chuck Tingle, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed. Are you familiar with Chuck Tingle? I am very familiar with uh, Chuck Tingle based on previous conversations we've had about Chuck Tingle. A a comedy gay erotica writer. uh, One of his most famous books being pounded in the butt by my own butt. We're going to be jumping to (laughs) How It Feels, revisited by Glutenhead, the one band that Sebastian cannot consume. I can't listen to it. (laughs) It's true. It'll cause a reaction. Uh, These are folks out of Toronto. Um, They also transgress a whole bunch of different genres. Uh, But this is How It Feels, the revisited version by Glutenhead, and we will be back just after this. 
Sebastian. I kind of whistled down when I said queer. Queer. Who knew? All right. Uh, Now, just now we were talking about people who very much dislike books. And I want to move now to uh, some fans who are maybe a little bit too fanatical about books, particularly the the Heartstopper series. Season two is now available on uh, Netflix, uh, which includes the Paris trip. an absolutely adorable, G-rated, super cute um, graphic novel uh, featuring a, a gay male couple, a game by, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a pleasant, pleasant show. Highly mm-hmm. recommend. Some people have taken it a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. So we talked before about. Uh, a lot of fan backlash or fan pressure on Kit Connor, who is one of the actors, to find out whether or not Kit Connor is gay or whether or not this is another straight actor playing a gay role. Um, this is gay baiting and so on and so forth. Um, and then he revealed that he was uh, by himself or gay, I forget which one, um, but mostly admonished the audience being like, look, you forced a teenager to publicly out himself yeah relentless pressure yeah like this is not how things should be done no and now joe lock who apparently has been openly gay for years and years um uh recently said that people need to stop phone calling his grandmother oh my god yeah, yeah. This is really yeah. happening? Yes. Yeah, he said that he's feeling a sense of guilt uh, after, especially after one of his fans phoned his grandmother. Like, and not only that, but his mother had to create all new social media after fans of the show found 
his mother on social media. Um, and I think that there is a conversation here to be had about uh, that sense of ownership for folks in the public space. You know, there's uh, if you're in the public eye, there is a sense of of the public owning you to a degree, yeah. um, which I'm not the biggest fan of. But I think that this is truly outrageous. You know, you don't you don't phone a random actor's grandmother. Like at what no. point that is in no realm of reasonable is calling an actor's grandmother anywhere on that list. Is that to the degree of criminal harassment when you're doing that? Or is that just like bad form? Because there are some things that don't necessarily cross the line of of illegality, but it's still just like, buddy, don't do that, you know? Well, I mean, just as a very quick reminder for our audience, because we've discussed harassment multiple times before, um, it is uh, it would be criminal harassment if don't call people who don't want you to call them. Basically. Yeah, if you've been clearly told <laughs> to uh, not to communicate. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the the one time phone call to Joe Locke's grandmother probably mm. isn't, but it's definitely not appropriate by any means. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely very weird and um, not great. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's 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 ridiculous. Now, um, onto some not great news uh, out of Europe. Although Europe is having a lovely time in general. Apparently the weather's beautiful today. It is. It is. Everyone's talking about how nice it is in Europe right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not in Europe, which nope. is very unfortunate. Um, but yes, I wanted to mention how there is a memorial in Germany for um, for LGBT victims of, particularly gay male victims of the Nazi regime mm-hmm. uh, in the Second World War. Now, about thousand, I think like ten thousand or more, ten to fifteen thousand queer people were sent to concentration camps, mm-hmm. uh, and where they lost their lives. The memorial in Tiergarten, Berlin, uh, was recently defaced. I believe that the Berlin police are treating it uh, as a hate crime mm-hmm. um, and looking into it um, to see really who did the vandalizing um, and to potentially capture them uh, or, or prosecute them. Sorry, not just capture them. That sounds a bit ominous. Uh, but no, it, yeah, it's a bit, it's desperately sad that um, a memorial to over 10,000 victims mm-hmm. under the Nazi regime is vandalized. Um, yeah, no, just despicable, truly despicable. Was um, it like just torn down, or was it graffitied? It was graffitied. Oof, oof. That's all I can say to that. Just big oof. Find, find a, find a better hobby, there, buddy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, the Euro Pride will be taking place in Malta, Valletta in Malta, mm-hmm. um, this uh, this September. Euro Pride is one of the biggest prides in the world, mm-hmm. and just this past week, sixty thousand people gathered in Prague for Prague Pride. So lots of things happening all over the place. Uh, now, finally, one thing that's raised a lot of eyebrows and left a significant number of competitors confused mm-hmm. it, the world chess authority FICA, has oh. eventually decided that they need to figure out what to do about trans folks because mm-hmm. when you think of sport that could mm-hmm. be impacted by your genitalia chess 
is always right at the top of that list. Uh, it is for me when I'm when I'm playing chess. I'm always concerned about the various hormones well, being exercised in the person opposite. But I mean, never mind genitalia. I, I I don't think bone density or upper body strength really factor into chess either. Unless it's those, like that... those rooks are very hard to move around, and the well, queen has some heft. I was gonna say if it was one of those like you know uh, uh like Montreal parquet chess boards where like the pieces are like four feet tall, then the giant wood ones that you have to heft around maybe, but like, even then, if you want to participate and you're going to, you know, lift with your knees, not with your back and, and move one of those things. That's up to you, buddy. Like that, that's your choice. I don't, this is of all the bands out there. This is the weirdest by it far. Is, it is uh, absurd. Yeah. And uh, what it means is they've essentially banned trans women from competing in women's chess uh, for up to two years, potentially less if they can figure themselves out sooner. Um, but there are a lot of highly qualified, highly competitive chess players who mm. are like, so I can't play in the French Open tournament or I can't play in the, the Euro Club finale or what have you, because it is effectively removing their ability to keep play in chess. You know, it's it's... It, yeah, it's absurd because you, oh, I don't know. And they also have anti-discrimination um, factors in their policies where they don't discriminate based on, on gender or sex. However, right. However. they also won't let you play. Um, right. Yeah. So the world of chess is all a flutter uh, with what to do next um, as, they, as they deal with this, frankly, ridiculous ban. Um on on the issue you know I, this is one of those things where clearly somebody with a bee in the bonnet has decided mm -hmm. you they're gonna have to raise the question and there are just some spaces where it's frankly not relevant and i think playing chess might well be one of them mm -hmm. what a what a palaver. All right. We are we are moving on. Uh, we did not touch on the stabbing and clapham um at the true breweries uh pub in London in the UK. Um we are glad that the quick work of the staff at the true brewers um helped save a number of other people from any further injury. And the police, I believe, are still looking for the assailants. We are monitoring that story as it unfolds. Now, uh, that's all we have time for this week. I have been Luke Smith. And uh, what are we playing out with? Oh, excellent question. That is an excellent question. We are playing out with... Uh, we are playing out with uh, Paradise by Our Glass Zoo. I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. Why should we hate in someone?